Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, May the 10th, starts now. On today's show, as we do every Wednesday, we have a brilliant writer, a brilliant journalist, and a brilliant podcast co-hoster, maybe Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show brought to you, as always, in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more. And if you like Ben Jarofsky, he's all over that place. Just head to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Do It for Monroe Wednesday, and here's why. Well, it's Wednesday, and as you all know, every Wednesday, Monroe Anderson, legendary Chicago journalist, has been uh, so generous as to spend at least an hour or so of his time talking politics with me. Uh, Going back before this, when I was on the radio, before I got fired from the radio, he would come on on a Monday, and we would talk politics. And one of the consistent things about Monroe Anderson he was unafraid to do was rip Donald Trump. Now, a lot of journalists in the city of Chicago won't do that. They're like, well, the one hand this, on the other hand that. (laughs) Trump is a grifter, a liar, a sleazoid, uh, a sexual abuser. Uh, And um, he tried to ignite uh, an insurrection (laughs) in this country that would guarantee he'd be like emperor for life. And still, like a traditional Chicago journalistic thing, it's go, well, you know, Ben, on the one hand this, and the other. Monroe doesn't play that game. Tells it like it is. Born and raised in the city of Gary, Indiana. You, you're honest in your own way in Gary, Indiana. So this is my way of saying, uh, finally, Trump news is broken on Wednesday. So we can talk about it in real time. Thank you, Donald Trump, for getting convicted. Jury finds Trump sexually abused Carol in 1990s. That's the headline in the New York Times. Also liable for defamation. He's ordered to pay $5 million in civil lawsuit. Yes, that went down. That's such big news. That is such big news that even the Sun-Times, I'll show this to Monroe, even the Sun-Times put it on the front page. I like to tease the Sun-Times. Sun-Times generally has a hard time figuring out how to get Chicagoans interested in things that don't literally happen in the city of Chicago. So it's always like that. I could just see like an editor's meeting. I could just imagine it. Is there any kind of Chicago angle that we could use to justify? Is a lawyer from Chicago? Is the accuser from Chicago? Well, Trump has a big building in Chicago with his name on it. And he's been getting tax breaks on that building. The suckers and chumps in Chicago have been paying that. So there's that angle. 
But even though there's no direct angle in uh, E. Jean Carroll's lawsuit against Donald Trump claiming he raped her back in the 1990s, it's such big news that the Sun-Times put it on the front page. Additionally, if that wasn't enough, Congressman George Santos, 34 years old, may be the sleaziest congressman, the sleaziest congress, congressman of this century. Now, I realize there's a lot of competition in the previous century, but in this century, just a, a notorious liar uh, and completely unbelievable human being uh, was, uh, he, well, he pled uh, not guilty. He was brought before a judge. Uh, he was arrested, as Monroe says, and uh, he pled not guilty to 13 counts of campaign fraud. On the same day, the day after, I should say, the, the jury found Trump guilty of sexually assaulting E. Jean Carroll. This is a double blow for MAGA and the Republican Party. Because this is the thing. One, Donald Trump, even though he was found guilty of sexual assault, and even though uh, he now has to pay $5 million, he's the number one frontrunner for the Republican nomination for president. He probably will be the Republican nominee for president tonight. His popularity is so intense, he's going on CNN, a sign of the time. CNN is, CNN is giving him like an hour, an hour of prime time on their network to go before like a town hall, pure propaganda for Donald John Trump on CNN. Uh, in the meantime, George Santos is still the congressman from the 3rd Congressional District in New York City. Heck of a job, Democrats. That's a district that went over 50% of the vote for Biden against Donald Trump. And somehow or other, New York Democrats are so incompetent that they enabled George Santos, a notorious liar, uh, to be elected from that district. He's still the congressman. Uh, and Kevin McCarthy has made it clear that he has no plans to get rid of him at any time as congressman uh, because he desperately needs that vote. He desperately needs George Santos to do whatever he wants George Santos to do. So he's just going to let George Santos remain as congressman. They're not going to make any move to get rid of him. Suddenly they believe in the, the presumption of innocence uh, in American. Isn't that funny how Republicans are like that? You know, when it comes to any kind of crime in the city of Chicago, whoever is remotely involved is guilty. Donald Trump wanted the Central Park Five executed. Executed, okay? But with, when it's a Republican and it's some sleazy move. Oh, well, bet we have a presumption of innocence. You know about that. So uh, they're holding back. Meanwhile, the New York Times dutifully sent their reporters into the streets of uh, Long Island uh, to talk to uh, some of George Santos' uh, <laughs> constituents. I, I know I'm guilty of making fun of Chicagoans. Uh, and how clueless and ignorant they are uh, about uh, the way politics works in their city. I know I'm guilty of that, and many of my guests come on and say I'm shaming voters. But <laughs> the voters of New York may even be more clueless than Chicagoans. They found uh, a 74-year-old woman, 74-year-old woman said she felt empathy for Santos. This is a voter, a woman on the street that the New York Times found to the interview. She felt empathy for Santos, who she believed had lied to get into office, but deserved a second chance. 
Here's what she said. Other people are like, forget about him. He's so dishonest. I feel sorry for him. She lives in Great Neck and said she had never voted, <laughs> did not believe that Santos' lies were ex exceptional to, in politics, merely that he had risen to prominence in an era of intense scrutiny as opposed to the politicians she recalled from her youth. What politician hasn't done something dishonest? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This lady's vote counts as much as Monroe's. That is the most pathetic thing. Lady, I'm going to break it down for you. While he was running for Congress in your district and supposedly making $120,000 a year uh, for some financial firm, dude, God only knows what. He was claiming he was unemployed and drawing $24,000 in unemployment benefits. I don't think a lot of politicians in Long Island have ever done that before. Claiming they're unemployed while they're employed, while they're running for Congress, get $24,000. That's just one of the things. But no, <laughs> I don't know. I feel empathy for him. I feel sorry for him. I'll remind you one more time, ladies and gentlemen, her vote counts every bit as much as yours or mine or Monroe. That's why I say it's a struggle. It's going to be a struggle in this next year. Oh, yeah. 2024, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be really hard uh, to uh, on, for the Dems to hold on because this is what we're up against. This is what we're up She's 74 years old. She gets to vote. Her vote counts every bit as much as yours. And she feels sorry for George Santos. Because that's all politics. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I feel sorry for him. All politicians do that. So do you feel sorry for all politicians? Is that what you're kind of claiming? I don't want to take a deep dive on the great thought of a George Santos supporter in Long Island. But it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Do you feel sorry and empathy for every single politician who does something wrong? Do you feel every politician who does something wrong deserves a second chance? Do you have that same attitude about Michael Joseph Madigan? Can you imagine asking this lady on the street about Michael Joseph Madigan? Anyway, that's what we're up against, America. Uh, and since it's one day, I turned for guidance, advice, clear thought. Where are we going? From the great Monroe Anderson, who's standing by. Monroe. To you, too, like the lady in Long Island, feel empathy for George Santos. Go. I feel that P.T. Barnum was right. <laughs> There's a sucker born. <laughs> and he said that more than a century ago. Oh, my God. Monroe, seriously, I mean, I, I need help. I turn to you for help. I'm trying to understand MAGA voters. I mean, well, the other thing is, I'm I'm 99.9% sure that she wouldn't have been as sympathetic to a black candidate <laughs> as to uh, as to Santos. Wait, no, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm gonna push back on that. Okay. She would have been sympathetic to Herschel Walker. <sighs> Think about Herschel Walker yeah. in Georgia. Think, I mean, yeah, she, she'd be sympathetic. She's probably sympathetic to Clarence Thomas too. Yeah. But, but those those are those are people with, with um, peculiar uh, sensibilities and philosophies. Man, Clarence Thomas. We talked about him last week, but I just I've never 
this was not even on our list of things to talk about. You mentioned the name Monroe. This dude is effectively on the take. I mean, he was on the take. And he's a Supreme Court justice. This, this He's done enough to get him indicted in Chicago. And that's hard to do. <laughs> and look how long it took Burke and Madigan. Oh, my God. I know. And and the, what brought them down was uh, Danny Solis uh, with his uh, former alderman, Danny Solis, had the wire, right, right. wearing the wire, collecting the evidence. Right. Unbelievable. This that image. I, I know we're not supposed to. There's many other things to talk about today other than going back and talking Clarence Thomas, although he is a Supreme Court justice. But that image of Clarence Thomas sitting there with all those white conservative they're they're not even judges. They're guys who make judges. Right. You know, they, you know that picture. They, they, that... Buy, they buy judges. <laughs> yeah, they buy judges. They don't. Yeah, right. They are judges. They 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 hire them. Yeah. It's such a it's such a weird image that, uh, and it's like they got their eyes on him to make sure he's still under their control. Really does remind me of Get Out, the movie Get Out. Uh, that you know that guy when they yeah. put him in, the, they kidnapped him off the streets, right? And then they uh, they have the hat on him, and he, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, these are strange times. Um, uh, all right, I guess we should talk Trump first. Get to Santos second, then we'll get to Chicago okay. third. Just just so you know, you were looking for a Chicago connection. Yeah, <laughs> Eugene e. Carroll is from Indiana. It's Oh. She grew up in Indiana. Is that? So, is that but when, which, which, it's a small town, so I don't know how close it is to Chicago. Maybe, maybe as far as St. Louis away, I don't know. But it's it's our neighboring state. Well, okay, so I guess that that's not good enough though. For the, listen, I just tease these papers because. Uh, they they really always trying to struggle. They have such I, I don't know. Chicagoans have such a low opinion about themselves, uh, and so it's the, the third city. It, yeah, it's 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 the third. It used to be the second. Now it's the yeah, third. Right. Maybe, maybe fourth. Is Houston ahead of us? Uh, uh, not yet, but soon. Soon. But Chicagoans have such a low opinion of themselves when it comes to these things, uh, and so the, I just think that the media picks up on it, and so their attitude about Chicago is. You've got to give Chicagoans a reason to care about this stuff. And so what we'll do is tell you that the person, I don't know, accusing the president of rape is from Chicago. But since she's not from Chicago, we can't say that. So maybe we won't even write about it. That's Chicago media. Um, all right, Monroe. So E. Jean Carroll is a pretty significant character in her own right that's kind of got lost and you and I were talking about this before. Uh, she's a highly regarded writer. Uh, she's written many books. She, for years, uh, wrote a very popular uh, advice column in Elle. Uh, and um, she has her own distinct style of journalism. You you made the point that, uh, in many ways, she's similar to Hunter Thompson, the, the and, legendary and she, and she wrote a book about Hunter. She wrote a book about Hunter Thompson. I mean, this is, this is a person, uh, like, in the industry that we're in the writing industry she was like a star 
Yes. You know, and it just, just shows you how low regard America has toward writers. <laughs> Nobody knows. It's barely knew that. Our, our, well, our, such high regard they have for um, con men. Yeah. Rich con men. You know, because Trump, another one of the women who says that Trump raped her was a a, a journalist for, God, was it Time? But she, but she was doing a story on him. And um, he did the old kiss him and grab him by the pussy move. That's 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 his M.O. That's, that's his idea of foreplay. So what do you think it is with MAGA, with it, uh, Donald Trump as an, a sexual assaulter and abuser? Uh, is it that they don't care? Uh, that he uh, sexually assaults women, uh, or do they automatically not believe it because their reverence for Donald Trump is so insane and so intense that they don't believe any bad news that's... Uh, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. If you When, when, when the um, Hollywood Access video came yeah. out, mm-hmm. And he was campaigning. There were women out there, old women out there with uh, grab me by the pussy two sides. <laughs> and so, and, and I'm sure they felt that way. I mean, it's so, they don't care. He's so magnificent. Wow. We, we, it's our fault then that we don't have the appreciation for Donald yeah. Trump. That MAGA people. I, I don't think in, in our lifetime, we're roughly the same age, Monroe. I don't think in our lifetime, uh, a grifter has gotten this far. He may be the greatest grifter of all time. He has, he's gotten to the point, Monroe, he, he literally can do whatever he wants. And because of the electoral uh, college system, this insane system we have, he's got like 40% locked in already. At least I could do the the numbers. Doesn't matter what he does, what he says, who he offends. He's he's it's it once again, it's Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona is as, as that thin line that's going to keep him from returning to the White House. No matter what he does. Well, the, the the reality is he is a forty-two percent uh, presidential candidate, and so and he's a, and that that's his ceiling. And so we don't have to worry about him, except unless he can squeak through enough of those um, those states you just named. And I don't think he's not going to get the he he has lost the independent vote, so he won't get there. In fact, there are those who are predicting that he won't be a candidate. What? Yes. He, first yeah. of all, he already is a candidate, so no, they're already wrong well, in that prediction. No, but he's gonna, he's, he won't be when it's, when it's time to vote, when the voting starts. You talk about for, he, he won't be the Republican nominee? He or he be, won't... No, he won't, be, he won't be running anymore. There, there are some who are predicting that. Others, of course, there are many who say that 
if he's convicted, he's still gonna run. Yeah. Why would he not run? I don't. I don't understand the logic. Why would he not run? He um, because he hates to lose, and once it becomes evident, obvious to him that he's gonna lose, then he rather than lose, he'll drop out. That I don't know who said that. It's probably someone there, on MSNBC. Yeah, no, there's several. There's several people who said it. Yeah, it's it's a that they're in the minority, but yeah, there I've heard that from several people. I, I can't imagine. I'll tell you why. Number one, he's deluded. He's always even if he's uh, people tell him he's going to lose, he thinks he's going to win. So to get Donald Trump to think he's going to lose is uh, a difficult task. Right. Uh, number two. He's so, he's he's like rising in the polls on the Republican Party. Yeah, and, and but the Republican Party is shrinking. So uh, that would be sort of like um, if, if they eliminated um, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, then <laughs> the Cubs would have a chance. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, people, people tell, Yeah, the, the Cubs might win it this year. Yeah, the Cubs might win it. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they they could probably get past my beloved White Sox, but uh, I, I, again, all he, we're not talking about winning the general election. We're talking about getting uh, nominated. No, now, be- now, if he if he doesn't drop out, he will be the nominee. But there there are some people. I, I God, I wish I, I could remember some of them who are predicting that he won't be the candidate. From the governor of New Hampshire is one Sununu, I think. Yeah, yeah, Chris Sununu. Yeah. Prediction. Well, I, I mean, maybe he. I, I, I see. I, I, I would bet against Sununu on that one. Um, MAGA has fallen in love with Trump. MAGA controls the Republican Party. Uh, they have winner-take-all primaries. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I sent you this article. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Uh, MAGA, or at least the QAnon forces of MAGA, have turned against Ron DeSantos. They now are sending out these um, conspiracy theories that he's actually controlled uh, by George Soros, not making this up. So his nickname is Ron DeSoros. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's like that's the kiss of death right there. So he was going to be their savior, the Republican Party's savior, you know, the more competent version of Donald Trump. That's isn't that what they always say? We need Donald Trump, but we need a more competent Donald Trump. Well, I think it, it, it wasn't um, competent; it was less uh, less controversial. I less think. controversial yeah, or yeah. chaotic? Yeah, because they would never admit that Trump is incompetent. Yeah, that's, that's they they get choked up. No, and that's the weird. Another weird. I I just quoted the the lady who said she felt sorry for him. Another voter. Uh, this was a man on the street that the New York Times interviewed, proving that New Yorkers may be more clueless than even Chicagoans when it comes to politics. Which I never thought I would say, but I think it's, I think the New York Times has established that. He goes, I uh, I have no regard. I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, this guy's great thoughts, but. Say what you will about Donald Trump. He got things done. He did things. I'm like, what? Right. What the hell did Donald Trump do? Right. He said, give rich people and corporations a lot of money. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm like, yeah, a that, million man. politicians do that. <laughs> right. That's, that's what they buy them for. <laughs> that's what they buy them for. Wow. That is so, that's, yeah, that's easy to do. He did stuff. Okay. There, right. I, I can't think of Donald Trump doing one thing that anybody, like, other than a gazillionaire wanted. <laughs> he did stuff. That Chicagoans are like that, though. They talk about their mayors the same way, Monroe. He did things. Daly did things. Rom did things. What did he do? You know, <laughs> name something he did that you liked. Okay, speaking well, of, we'll go local for a moment. But okay. For years, yeah. I complained about Daly personally uh-huh. uh, selling the geese that laid the golden eggs. Now, Lori had to deal with it, and mm-hmm. Je- Brandon will now have, have to deal with the fact that Daly sold off all the revenue streams. Yeah. Yeah, um, to to make himself look good, and yeah. so there's there there's there's no easy way for a Chicago mayor to make the city work I, that works work. I, you're preaching to the choir, and uh, I mean now we're we've moved away from Trump and uh, uh, DeSantis uh, and Santos, but. Um, we can go back to him. We'll go back to him. No. Yeah. What Daly did to the city of Chicago was so outrageous. But the part I think that amplifies it, Monroe, is the complacency of Chicagoans and their complicity. They went along with it. They right. absolutely went along with it. Right. And you couldn't find the public was just so rock solid for daily all those years that you couldn't find a, um, a, a well-known Chicago political figure willing to run against them. At various times, Jesse Jackson Jr. talked about it. Luis Gutierrez talked about it. Mike Quigley talked about it. But then they all didn't do it because... Well, some tried. Danny, Danny Davis ran. Okay, now we're getting into the black community. Yeah, And in the years after Harold died, every election, a prominent black uh, elected official would run against Daly. And I can literally name them all, but I'm not going to do that right now because only you or I are old enough to remember any of them. But the point is, although Eugene Pinscher, may rest in peace, uh, was my favorite of all those candidates. But the, the point is, those were always viewed as candidates of the black community. So white Chicago was so rock solid in their support and adoration for Richie M. Daly that any white politician would be viewed as a traitor if you were to run against Daly, siphon votes from Daly and enable a Eugene Pynchon or Danny K. Davis or Tim Evans or Eugene Sawyer or the list goes on and on. Right. And that was the Chicago mentality. Yes. And so what did the, what did Daly do in exchange to all those white Chicagoans who are just so blindly dedicated to him, he sold off the parking meters. <laughs> he sold off the Skyway. He tried to get us under the Olympics. He sold off the parking garages. He sold off the parking garages. I'm going to say to you right now, like, I, you know what? Who is a bigger... See, I the reason why I say Trump's a bigger grifter than Daly is that I never see any evidence that Daly tried to uh, do it for personal gain. 
like Donald Trump is all about making as much money as he can. Right. So I think Donald Trump is far worse than Richard M. Daly. Yeah, Do you agree with me on that? He is. He is. But and, he, and 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 more of a racist. Yes. But the I would say that the blind allegiance of Chicagoans to Mayor Richard M. Daly approaches MAGA's love for Trump. Yeah, because heaven forbid they they had Harold Washington and then Eugene Sawyer. And so they they never wanted that to happen again. And and Daly Daly was a good uh, name for Chicago. His daddy was great, and he was great. You know, uh, um, they were great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right, we went far. For white Chicago. Uh, for white Chicago, yeah. <laughs> and a handful of black people. Come on, yeah. black people made money off of the dailies uh, and Ram. You know. Um, all right, uh, Monroe. Let's go back uh, to this the scary situation we're facing as a nation. Donald Trump uh, can do no wrong in the eyes of MAGA, uh, and now CNN is going to give him a platform tonight. Uh, they're going to do a town hall, uh, which will be broadcast to millions of people. Uh, Enabling, enabling Donald Trump to put well, out their numbers aren't as good as um, as Fox, so it'll be maybe a couple of million at the most. Tops. Okay, because um, Tucker Tucker had three million watching him on an average. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to point out that uh, I talked about this the last week. Jerry Springer had eight million people. Right, eight million. I mean, right. Robert Tucker Carlson. I just want to say. Jerry, Jerry Springer, if he was a little smarter, could have been uh, the Donald Trump of the Democratic Party. You know what I'm saying? He could have been. Uh, he might have turned that in to something, but whatever. Anyway, all right, uh, Monroe. So why is CNN doing this? I have my theories. I want to hear yours. Why is CNN allowing itself to be used by Donald Trump uh, as a platform to um, promote his presidential run? Follow the money. <laughs> Is that easy? Uh, networks get paid according to how many eyeballs they have. Uh, Fox right now has pissed off some of its um, eyeballs for, for um, because they haven't been as faithful to Trump as they think they should have, and. I mean, some 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 of the uh, MAGA nuts actually are offended that um, they were lied to by by Fox. So CNN is tr trying to shift to the right to get some of those viewers. Wait, what do you mean by uh, by lied to by Fox? Uh, let's see. That he 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 he. Um, he actually is not the president. <laughs> oh, I see. That you meant lie in quote. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Right, yeah. right, right. And 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 that Fox knew that he wasn't the president, but they they thought, well, we'll tell these idiots anything and they'll go for it. And some of those idiots went, What? <laughs> He really isn't the president, and they really don't love me as much as they tell me they do. 
I'm 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 going someplace else. Of course, most of them are going to, to Newsmax, which is just as bad as Fox. Yeah. Now, are you going to watch the town hall? Uh, yeah, for a little while at least. I, first, first of all, you know, I, I occasionally watch Fox because it, it's it's good to know what the um, enemy is doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although it's it's become pretty predictable, and I think I know all of Trump's lies. Okay, already, but I'll I'll check to see if he's come up with any new ones. <laughs> Yeah, well, good. You're going to watch it uh, so that I don't have to. Well, uh, right. He's, sure. he's going to lie about E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, of course. And um, he may defend Santos. That'll be interesting to see if if he defends Santos or not. Uh, well, he'll definitely he'll definitely say the presumption of innocence thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's their that's their fallback line. And I yeah. say, I, I say this as a guy who believes in the presumption of innocence. But right. when I watch so selectively used by Republicans, lock make, her up, lock yeah. her yes. up, lock <laughs> her up. <laughs> they couldn't even they couldn't even name the crime. She yeah. said she she allegedly committed to lock yeah. her up for, but <laughs> yes, well put. That's absolutely correct. Lock her up was was the cry they used against Hillary Clinton at their nominating convention for Donald Trump in 2016. Right. That they started a chant, lock right. her up. Uh, but there's a presumption of innocence uh, for George Santos. So, um, yeah, and they're completely absent in any discussion, any substantive conversation about the criminal justice system. So, for instance, just we went through... Uh, a a very heated campaign for governor here in the state of Illinois. Uh, and one of the charges uh, that MAGA threw against J.P. Pritzker is that he made us so much unsafe uh, because he did away with cash bail. And if you recall, Darren Bailey, that was one of the uh, main points right. in his campaign. The city's going to be even more dangerous than it is. The state, the public is a threat. So we couldn't have a meaningful discussion about. And we don't have enough black men in Cook County Jail already. Yeah, let's just throw more in there. Yeah. And the only reason, the only reason they can, they're they not out is because, like, unlike George Santos, who's able to put up his bail, I think it was like he had to put down $50,000. It was a $500,000 yeah. bail. Yeah, 10%. Got, 10%. So he had two contributors unknown. He hasn't identified them. <laughs> he found two suckers willing to kick in the money. No, unknown. there are lots of there's this there there's this this whole collection of rich white men who have put their money into making sure that they they have the right judges on the bench that they have uh, uh, super majority uh, legislatures in in certain states, um, so that they can have with the American people as they will. And so you think that was the group? They didn't name who the people Some, were. There was somebody from that group. There was somebody from that group. 
Well, I guarantee you, if 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 they can find out who it is, it'll be on MSNBC. I yes. guarantee you that yes. as soon as yes. they find it. Uh, but my point is, is that uh, the Republicans were not contributors in any meaningful way uh, to uh, the debate over whether we should get rid of bail. They instead try to scare everybody uh, into taking a hardline uh, position. Uh, and uh, Darren Bailey was unsuccessful largely because J.P. Pritzker had far more money than him uh, in the campaign, and he drowned out his message, and he depicted him as uh, the MAGA wingnut that he is. But so it's, like, again, it's well, very I, hard. I, and I, I think um, Bailey hating Chicago didn't help him much either. Well, it, I mean, didn't do Vallis bad. Vallis got 48% of the vote in Chicago. He didn't, say he, he didn't say he hated Chicago. That's true. He, he just didn't live like, here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a Chicagoan, too. Yeah. And Although a lifelong my family lives in the suburbs, but who cares? Yeah, yeah. And a lifelong Democrat. Remember that? Right, exactly. Uh, lifelong Democrat, except for the part of my life when I wasn't a Democrat. Right. Uh, Chicago had still voted for him. What a, what a city. Um so uh all right so going back to uh uh the uh the cnn thing uh with uh donald trump uh obviously cnn is trying to uh pick up fox uh, move to the right to get fox viewers it's all about eyeballs so i guess monroe what you're ultimately saying is and this is a man who spent his career in in media newspapers and tv uh said you can never depend uh, on <laughs> the media to do the right thing. It's always about making money, getting eyeballs, uh, and getting ahead. Is that what you're telling me? What I'm, what I'm telling you, as a journalism major from Indiana University, and um, one who was honored, incidentally, by the Indiana, the, in, the Media School of Indiana University as a distinguished alumni, is that this whole fairness thing is a modern construct. When, when, when they were doing newspapers back in the 1700s, it was whatever your opinion was. That's what your newspaper was about. And um, in, at the turn of the 19th century, uh, 20th, 19th century, uh, we had the yellow journalism and the penny newspapers that were geared towards whatever uh, new immigrant had arrived in the country. Uh, and then at some, some point in, um, in the, dur during um, the Depression, I guess, Great Depression, we started talking about, well, we have to be fair. We have to be balanced, and et cetera. Not, 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 not in a Fox News way, but in a real way, which is a curse to this day, because um, the legacy media is being fair to liars yeah. and con men when they should just say they're lying. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah. Now Trump pushed it so far that now we are getting some of that where people are actually saying, well, um, he said um, um, that this happened. It is un unfounded. They're still polite about it. Instead of just saying he's lying again. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, 
so think back to the days when uh, in the eighties, uh, and um, I had the same feeling. Uh, I had the same feeling about the coverage in Chicago, actually, for Harold Washington. And uh, I'm starting to see it arise with Brandon Johnson in the milder four. But I, I had the feeling that uh, there was a bias uh, that was uh, very much prevalent in the, what you call the legacy media. I call it the mainstreamers. And um, they never came out with the with exactly they never were honest about what that bias was because they wouldn't want to admit that it was a bias. But I feel as though this game has been going on uh, a very long time in mainstream media here in the city of Chicago. Oh, it has been. I think I've said this before, but if I'll repeat it. I was the first black reporter from the mainstream media to cover City Hall in 1983 the first newspaper person yeah that's just think about that ladies and gentlemen 1983 uh, that was after, uh, after was migration. Right. that was a long time right right uh, yeah I, I i see it now i've mentioned this uh I, many times i've watched with sort of delighted a little smile inside, like this attitude about Brandon Johnson. You know, that somehow or other, Brandon Johnson has to prove that he can handle being the mayor of the city of Chicago in a way that Rom never did, Daly right. never did. We've talked right. about this. Right. And it's just like, I hear it in the things people say. And we talked about this off mic um, before, but there's now we're on a totally different t- uh, path than we were with Trump. But there is just an assumption that uh, a black person can't handle the job that Donald Trump like never dealt with. Donald Trump was elected president of the United States. Think about it. Far greater job in terms of scope of power and influence and money that you have to control than being mayor of the city of Chicago. That man had no experience in any realm that would relate to being president of the United States. Or being mayor of New York. Yeah, or being mayor of New York, mayor of the city of Chicago. His, his, His company is a mom and pop company. It has no board of directors. It uh, it wasn't successful. It, um, I, he was a, a total failure, but he lied about all that stuff. He, he had been the star of a TV show where he was this great successful businessman. And they went for it, mainly because he's going to kick the Arabs out and not let the Arabs in and not let the Mexicans in. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. And and it's it's like here in the city of Chicago, everyone's wrestling. Does Brandon Johnson have the life experience? Does he have the experience to handle the complex job of being mayor of the city of Chicago? Right. I'm very concerned about this. Right. Because people elected Trump. 
I, I know. And also, also um, if, if you haven't figured it out yet, he wouldn't know any people who would know how to run the city that he could hire to advise him. He, he wouldn't know this because he just landed from Podunk, yeah. Iowa, someplace a year ago. So, so he didn't know anybody. He didn't have any ideas. So we might be Detroit again. That was a scare with Harold. Yeah, no, Chicago is going to turn into Detroit. Yeah. Oh, God. I lived through that in the 90s once David was elected. That was like, oh, thank God, we're not going to be Detroit. Right. Daly's here. That I, right. I write a, a column critical of Daly, and they go, go back to Detroit if you like if you, right. if you like it so much. I'm like, huh? What? Right. And, and, and for those who don't know, the difference between Chicago and Detroit is Detroit is basically a one-horse town, one business industry, whereas we have many corporations here. And so when the auto industry back in the, the 70s started tanking because um, GM and Ford and all those folks um, had pissed off their workers and they were sabotaging the car, <laughs> the production of the car. They were actually making bad products because they were pissed off at, at the owners, the bosses. Then um, Detroit started tanking. Yeah, no, I, it's not even really... Whatever it's it's I almost feel like it's a sucker's game to even go down that path, uh, because it's such such a, a ridiculous claim that people make, uh, you know, of all the forces that ravage Detroit, right? Uh, to pick on the fact that somehow or other it's black people that did it, right? That's what they're essentially saying. It's black right. people that did it. Right. Uh, it's just so absurd and ridiculous, but that was the mentality that prevailed and does prevail to a certain degree among uh, Chicagoans who vote for the Roms and the Dailies uh, and the Vallises, I guess. All right, let's uh, uh, close with a little local stuff. Get your thoughts on this. Um, I told you I would uh, raise this uh, with you in this way. Well, uh, you're an old alderman, Scott Wagsback. You used to be in the 32nd Ward. Now you're no longer in the 32nd Ward. Right. Uh, your old alderman um, uh, got his start in politics as an independent. The guy on the outside criticizing uh, the all-powerful mayor, be it the Daily or Rob, give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, he made a uh, smart bet, if you will, uh, in 2019 when he endorsed uh, Lori Lightfoot, and a grateful Lori Lightfoot uh, re re returned the favor by uh, naming him or. Uh, finance chair. So he's been finance chair for the last four years. Very important position in the city of Chicago. Every single contract, every single budget goes through the finance committee. Uh, as far as I can tell, he did a good job as chairman of the finance committee. So hats off to you, Scott Wagesbeck of the 32nd Ward. However, there's a new mayor coming in uh, and uh, Scott Wagesbeck did not endorse that mayor in the first go-around. He endorsed Lori Lightfoot, of course. He did not endorse that mayor in the second go-around. Uh, I believe he was neutral, did not support Paul Ballas either. Uh, furthermore, when, uh, <laughs> when that mayor was elected, he had some critical comments uh, about some of uh, Brandon Johnson's proposals about raising revenue other than the traditional property taxes, trying to t tax wealthier people more progressive forms of revenue. And um, so what happened over the weekend, it, the story broke that Brandon Johnson was going to use his influence in the city council to remove Scott as chairman of the finance committee. 
and uh, it would be replaced by Pat Dow, Alderman Pat Dow of the Third Ward, who was a Brandon Johnson supporter, uh, supported him from the get-go, right. uh, used to be chair of the Budget Committee, uh, which is another committee in the city council that deals uh, with uh, money issues. She and, was the Sawyer administration. Yeah, she was in the planning department under Sawyer and Daly. Yeah, and she's uh, a, a basketball, former basketball player. That is correct. I did not know you knew that little part of her resume. I give you credit for knowing I that. No. <laughs> What's that? I Are worked with her back, in, okay. back in the Sawyer days. Uh, so she's like three inches taller than I am. Yeah, she's six foot. Strong. How tall are you? Six. I think you're probably taller than six. whatever. Doesn't no, matter. No, six. That's it. Okay. You know what? You're an honest man. Most <laughs> six footers would say, "I'm six four, Ben." Right, exactly. Especially if I'm Donald Trump. <laughs> Trump, I'm six eight. Uh, so anyway. I believe that Pat Dowell is every bit as capable as Donald Trump, Donald Trump, as Scott Wagsman being finance chair. I think yeah. there's no distinction, their difference in their abilities whatsoever. Uh, he supported Brandon. He didn't. Right. She's in. He's out. Uh, there's a lot of um, Scott Wagsman fans sobbing about this uh, in, in the city of Chicago. I, I am a, a fan of Scott Wagsman. I am not sobbing about this. I believe it's called politics. Right. Uh, I believe uh, that's like how the game is played in the city of Chicago. Monroe Anderson. Yeah, how the game is played in politics, period. Yeah. To the victor go the spoils. And when you win, you get to, you get to pick who you want. And, and one of the things, if you're a smart politician, is you want people in there who will watch your back. You're going to have lots of people trying to stab you in it. Yes, that's a valid point. So do, if Scott had been a had been a little shrewder, he'd have probably jumped on the Brandon Johnson bandwagon. If not uh, in the, before the runoff. Uh, then he could have, it, yeah, he could have run. He could have done it with the runoff. Even he he, um, he he made a mistake of not doing it. Since he was in a valued, valued job, an important job, he he should have made the shift immediately. Well, this is one thing I'll never understand. So, I was we were kind of getting at this uh, before we went on the on the mic. So Scott did not endorse anybody in the runoff. Right, the choice was Brandon Johnson, uh, a a, uh, a lefty. Uh, or Paul Vallis, a MAGA sympathizer. Now, I could see why Scott would avoid that. His ward, I think, went over 60% for uh, Vallis. Just think about that, Monroe. Your your neighbors, <laughs> they let you know what they think about you. Over 60%. No, they're, they're not my neighbors. I, I've, most of this, I've lived here since 77. Yeah. Most of the time, I was in the 43rd. Okay. I have one 10 year period. I was in the 32nd. I'm currently in the second floor because of both times because of gerrymandering. Gerrymandering. But the point is, they are kind of your neighbors. Okay. It may not be the person on the block, but it's like two streets over. All right. That's that's my point. All right. Okay. So, um, so I could see why uh, he's like, well, my, you know, the, my constituents aren't for Brandon Johnson. Uh, 
But on the other hand, you weren't you didn't even have an opponent this time around. And Brandon Johnson has to be closer to where you are than Paul Vallis, a MAGA sympathizer. I I just no, it just no, would have been no, a smart no, thing yes, to do. I think you missed the point. Vallis used to be a progressive. Remember no, John, never Don, progressive. Don, never pro- Don Clark Nett was his mentor. Okay. He 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 would brag about her. He yeah, would, he bragged about he her was, because he was ashamed of being for daily. Yeah. So he went all the way back to the eighties. He had to go. <laughs> well, people, okay, in the eighties, but you forget, in the eighties, Daly presented himself as a progressive. Time out. We didn't even have that term in the eighties. I'm liberal then. Okay, yeah, liberal. liberal. Okay. Then right. Reagan, same difference, like liberal progressive. Same. I, difference. I would. I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Lib- progressives are are. are uh, Democrats who are ashamed to say they're liberal. Right. And they've given progressives a bad name. That's my view of them. Okay. They're just like any, I mean, everybody calls themselves a progressive. So it's, it's, it has no meaning. Right. Think about it, Monroe. Like there's, if, if Lori Lightfoot is a progressive, then there is no meaning to the term. Well, what progressive has come to mean is that you're not a Neanderthal like the Republicans? <laughs> well, that Paul Vallis is definitely not a progressive. He went on the Genie Ives show. He was Dan Prof's sit-in host uh, when uh, Dan Prof was out of off of the work for off the job for like a week or whatever. Uh, but anyway, the word progressive has no meaning or distinction anymore. Do you agree with yeah. me on that one? It's just oh yeah. Like, yeah. do you consider your? Let me ask you this point blank. Yeah. Are you a progressive, a liberal, a lefty, or a radical? I have meant for many years self defined as being just left of liberal. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, I'm more progressive, I'm more, I'm more left than liberal. <laughs> Than liberals are. Then why don't you just call yourself a lefty? Uh, because I don't like the term that much. It's okay, but I, I don't. I, I I'm left of liberal, but I think uh, lefties. Some some of you lefties uh, <laughs> are are living in, in la la land. Well, I mean, you may. Uh... But you want to you you, know, you want okay, to live let's go us. to Brandon. Let's go to Brandon. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, his financial. I I can see where Scott is was is uncomfortable with him, because his financial plans are not that they they they're they're um like a Santa Claus wish list or something. They're not going to happen. Uh, well, they definitely won't happen if the finance chair says he's against them. Well, they, they wouldn't uh, okay. have anyway. Yeah, they wouldn't happen. You, you're not going to get the head tax back. Okay, they tried out. that. Well, you don't know that. You might be able to get it back uh, if you stitch together. If you have all hands on deck. If you say the head tax is an alternative to raising the property tax. See, you. We've never had a meaningful. This goes back to what you said about daily. We've never had a meaningful debate 
in the city of Chicago about how we're going to pay for government. Yeah. We've all been lies. It's it's as bad as with Trump. Lies, right. deceit, and believing right. in Santa Claus. Right. And so in, instead of saying we have an obligation to pensions that is growing every year right. and we can't deal with, so what they do is they sell the parking meters. They sell right. the Skyway. They sell the parking garage. They get a little bit here and there, and then they go – they go, look at where genius they, is. They, un they undersell it, actually. They undersell it, <laughs> and they 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 spend it immediately. with the They let it get just absorbed by all their obligations. But then they tell you, for that one year, we didn't raise your property taxes. And so oh. there's no other taxes in the world besides a property tax. Brandon Johnson comes along and momentarily says, I'm going to rethink how we finance government, go for more progressive taxes that hit harder on the wealthier people. The same forces that hated Mayor Washington 30 years later, get it, bring back the ban to slam Brandon Johnson as this radical leftist. He fully retreats. Scott Wagesback is still complaining about the taxes. So what are we left with, Monroe? How are we going to pay our obligations? We're going to raise property taxes? Are we going to sell more parking meters? Okay. Are we going let to sell me, more? Let, let me ask you this. Oh. Um, how do you feel about Don Rose? Is, 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 is he a lefty or what is he? The great Don Rose. He's yeah. a legend is what he is. He's yeah. a freaking legend right. in Chicago politics. Uh, he was, uh, by the way, I think this is an effective cross-examination that Don, Monroe Anderson is setting me up for something. <laughs> Don Rose is one of my heroes. Don Rose... Right. Was a, a Don Rose was, stood with Dr. King. Don Rose uh, was stood with the anti-war movement. Don Rose was the brains behind Jane Burns' successful campaign in 1979. Don Rose was a great food critic for years and years uh, for the Sun Times. So I consider Don Rose one of my political heroes. Okay, now let's get to the. Yeah. I had this conversation with Don Rose. Yeah. Uh, Ten days ago. Go ahead. And where where was this? On the phone or, or no, one no, of those no. lunches I, you go I to? I was giving him a ride home from the Lundy luncheon. Got it. Okay. Lunch, because he 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 lives, um, just west, just east of me. Okay. All right. And so I, so I was giving him a ride home. Got it. And we were talking about this, and first of all, he told me which I didn't know because I didn't hadn't heard of. Johnson until recently, he said the school board has been planning union, the school union uh, has been planning on running him. They want to run him sooner than that. They've been planning on running him. He's been their guy for some time. You mean the teachers union? The, the teachers union, yes, okay, yeah. the teachers union. And um, he he named the persons who were, were um, engineering this and et cetera. And so then I mentioned, well, I thought that I, I was looking forward to his leadership, but that I thought that most of his economic stuff was pie in the sky. And he said, yeah, he said, he's not, he's not getting, he, he named one thing that, that was realistic that he would get past. And he said, the rest of it, he's not getting any of that stuff through. But at some point, whether it's viewed as politically realistic, Yes. Whether it's viewed as pie in the sky, 
whether it's viewed as just appealing to a handful of lefties that don't have enough votes to elect a mayor. We as a city have to figure out how we're going to pay for government. Right. And he puts that on the table. You counter it with something mainstream Chicago. And guess what? Mainstream Chicago has nothing to counter it with because the only significant form of taxation that we know about in the city is the property tax. And right now the property tax is so high in the city of Chicago that it's making Chicago more and more of uh, a city that's too expensive to live in. Right. And if you are funding government by a tax that people can't afford to pay, you're pretty much dedicating government to fail. So some politician somewhere is going to have to come up with an alternative. And if you just eliminate from the get-go any discussion about more progressive forms of taxation, any of them, and I could go on with the list of lists each time, they'll say, oh, Ben, you can't have a tax uh, on LaSalle Street because all the traders will move out of Chicago. Ben, you can't have a head tax because all the corporations will move to Gary, Indiana. Ben, you can't have an income tax because uh, they'll fight it in the courts. Ben, you, I mean, what are you going to do then? Well, I, Monroe, how are we going to finance government? What, we, we got, we're running out of garages to sell. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to sell parks. No, they they pretty much we're rent selling, out the parks we're, for we're, NASCAR. We're selling, we're selling Lake Michigan water already. So <laughs> we better do sell some more of that water. <laughs> Damn, California. Well, they 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 had a big flood. They had a big flood. I mean, they had a, yeah, the flood. Yeah, like, they don't even need our water right now. <laughs> I mean, like you go, we're gonna sell water to Cicero, Ben. <laughs> okay. Oh Lord, I uh, it's Chicago's a trip, man. Um, I say, right. I, and I don't know the answer to that. Uh, it needs to be discussed, but a, a, we will run businesses with a head tax. We we will run businesses out of. I don't know. We had a head tax for years and years. Rom got rid of it. There were plenty yeah. of businesses in the city of Chicago when we had the head tax. So it. it it was Rahm who got rid of it. Daly had it. Funny, I didn't see businesses fleeing Chicago when Daly had the head tax. Rahm got rid of it as a problem. I'm going to s- streamline government and make it more efficient and fair for businesses. He got rid of the head tax. What a dumb move. It was like, it's. you're right. It's Once you get rid of a tax, it's hard to bring it back. Right. So just add that to the list of dumb moves that Rahm made. Because nobody. Okay. <laughs> done. <laughs> Consider it done. <laughs> and by the way, we're absolving Monroe of any responsibility in the career Rahm Emanuel. I don't believe Monroe, you voted for him, correct? You voted. Yeah. For, yeah. Re- you, if you remember, I, uh, uh, when he was running, yeah. I I um, counseled you, asked yeah. you. What question should I ask him? Yes. That was on a, one of the debates, the Defender debate. I was one yes. of the panelists on that. And uh, you told me to ask him about the... Um, uh, Did I say TIF program? Did I say that? Well, of course. Yeah. Yes, you the king of the TIFs. <laughs> and so I asked him about that, and he assured me. Yeah. <laughs> 
in his answer. Yes. That he would do right by the people of Chicago. Yeah. God. So in your opinion, in retrospect, who's a bigger uh, liar, Rahm Emanuel or George Santos? <laughs> uh, I'd have to say Santos beats Rahm. Yeah, Santos. You can't uh, have to say Santos beats Santos Rahm. and Trump are in, in, in a league all of their own. All right, we're going to close with this. Uh, Willie Wilson is going to write a column for the Chicago Tribune. Oh, he hasn't uh, written it yet? I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. I, did, I saw an announcement that he was going to do it. Uh, and I just had a laugh and shake my head because it just, man, the, I've been right. Uh, the, 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 it's like, <laughs> well, I guess anybody's going to get a column, huh? Is we going to give it to Willie? I, please show me something Willie Wilson has ever written in his life. Well, you know, like a, the Tribune doesn't have enough black columnists, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, they could ask you. <laughs> right. No, they don't want me. They don't want Salim Mubarakil. Yeah, we we yeah. don't say what they want said from a black person. Yeah. All right. So here's here's my question to you, Monroe, in your humble opinion. Will uh, Willie Wilson be at the actual writer of the column by Willie Wilson, or will somebody else write that column? Uh, let me think about it. Well, <laughs> uh, have you ever heard the term ghost writer? <laughs> yeah. I've His column will be ghosted. Yeah. I, and, and I could tell you, I have been a ghost writer in my life. I, there's such a low regard for writers. I'm going to close it by saying I love writers. I've been a writer my whole life. Monroe's been a writer his whole life. I read. Uh, like absorb the great works of writers constantly reading. Uh, and yet I'm looking at Hollywood. They hate writers. They're trying to, um, if they can, they replace them with machines in a second. Uh, and even, I mean, even if you were a script writer, I mean, in, in Hollywood, an actor might change your script. They may decide that they want to say this instead of that. And depending on how powerful the actor yeah. Was or if they mainly if they 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 had star power and was drawing drawing patrons, then it would just get changed. So here's my only thing, Willie Wilson. If you're listening, I'm assuming that you're going to have uh, what Monroe called a ghostwriter, someone behind the scenes who writes your. Don't be cheap. Pay your writer well. Okay, I'm just gonna put that out there. Take, take I, care I think, of your writer. I think Willie would do that, Ben. So if 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 if, if this is a, a a a subtle plea for another job, <laughs> rest assured you'd be well paid. What <laughs> uh, one thing about Willie Wilson? He's not cheap. Right. Exactly. You know, he, he's not cheap. Right. Uh, I like. Right. I respect him for that. So uh, if, if, uh, if you if this time it, next, you have a condo in Miami Beach. <laughs> I don't know who's writing Willie's speech. Wait, time out. I don't think he's that generous. Where his reputed ghostwriter's got a condo in Miami. I more think it's like his his ghostwriter be able to afford Starbucks coffee. It's more like that. Maybe a new Hyundai. No. <laughs> uh, maybe if he does it for a couple years, uh, he get enough for a car. But. Uh, I, I I noted this. Uh, I just wrote about this for the reader. Uh, Newton Minow died 
the uh, the other day, and uh, he was a famous corporate lawyer here in the city of Chicago, uh, and uh, he worked in the Kennedy administration, uh, federal. He was the commissioner of the FCC, uh, and he was the one who uttered the immortal line uh, that TV is a vast wasteland. He did it in a speech, I believe it was 1961, at a luncheon of TV executives. A vast wasteland, and whatever, pretty much every obituary for Newton Minow pointed out that he will be associated with that very creative, clever term. And just for the record, he did not originate that term. His speechwriter came up with John Bartlow Martin. But writers, he, writers well, of the world. That's why you pay ghostwriters and speechwriters to give you good words to use. Uh, at, 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 uh, five columns away, if you write something really good for Willie, <laughs> <laughs> they will be attributing it to Willie, not to you. So you just got to live with it. You, you took the money, so it's not Yeah, yours. you take the money. But Yeah. By the way, the other guy did it. It was uh, your boy Cass. Johnny Cass of the Tribune. He used to be yeah. the Tribune. He's yeah. always talking about Chicago way, Chicago way, the Chicago way. He didn't yeah. come up with that. He got that out of a movie. David Mamet came up with that. He should be kicking Mammoth some money. Right. The, 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 the most, the cleverest thing that Johnny Cass ever came up with is something he didn't even come up with. So, well, let me tell you my story before we go. Go. M many years ago, when I was at the Tribune, yeah. I was assigned to cover some event McDonald's was having with children. Okay. So I, I, wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't watch it, and I came back. And my lead to the story was, it was McPrazy. And this was before McDonald's had everything with a Mac before. So I can't prove it, but I sincerely believe that um, writing for the Tribune and using that word at that time, somebody said, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have trademarked it, Monroe. Right, Should have right, trademarked right, it. Right. You'd be so rich right now. You'd be sponsoring right, the exactly, around. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, I, I, instead of being 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 your your um, your host, I would be your supporter. I, I'd be supporter. your advertiser. Yes. Right. Right. There we go. The Vendrasky Show brought to you by Monroe Anderson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wordsmith. Uh, Wordsmith. <laughs> now I hear what you're saying, man. It's not easy being a writer. Anyone listening out there, any youngster wants to be a writer, think twice about it, okay? Uh, you know, it's um, it's a position that's getting more and more devalued uh, day by day. We started with E. e Jean Carroll. Uh, the vast majority of Americans didn't even know she was a writer. And, uh, and here she was, one of the most successful freelance journalists of her generation. I can make that argument yeah. uh, in the eighties and the nineties, fabulously yeah, successful and definitely for a woman. Uh, and, and most, most Americans have no clue whatsoever. Uh, and um, you're right. You there. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Monroe, when you're a writer for some rich, powerful person, you're the guy in the back room, shut up, get the words to me. I'll get all the credit for them. And here's your check. And you better hope it doesn't bounce. Uh, that said, uh, Willie Wilson, congratulations on your new gig as columnist for the Tribune. And Lord knows he needs the money. Yes. I don't think they pay. I think 
Tribune columnists get about as much money as Ben Chirovsky's show guests. Uh, I I think no, they pay they pay, but it's it's like three hundred bucks or something. Are you sure about that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Right, take care. Yeah. You know more about the Tribune than I do. Yeah, well, well, that that's what the Sun Times are paying me when okay. I wrote the column. For. Uh, now, when yeah. I when I wrote the column for the Tribune, I didn't get paid because I was an employee. I and, see. And when they told me I was, I'd been trying to get a column, and they were telling me I had to wait. And yeah. then when Vernon. Jared left the Tribune to go to the Sun-Times. I was told I was a columnist, but don't ask for any more money. Wow, what a, what a despicable newspaper, the Chicago Tribune, man. They had a, they were, they, Vernon Jarrett was a black man, so they couldn't have two black guys writing columns. Right, right. All right, that's our city. Uh, all right, that's enough time uh, today, Monroe. And uh, uh, your your task as uh, Ben Jarofsky's show Trump critic will be to watch uh, tonight's uh, Donald Trump appearance on CNN. I will be watching the Lakers Warriors game uh, while you're doing that. <laughs> so uh, actually, you know what? Feel free to watch the Lakers Warriors game as well. And then do like me and just watch the uh, video clips afterwards. I well, we'll we'll see uh, because they, they, that game should be good. No, it should be. Are you kidding me? I think the the Warriors will force a game five. See, my my problem is I'm the sort of fan that I need somebody to to like. And you don't like Eddie. You don't like LeBron. You don't like uh, Steph. I, I like Curry. them both. I like Curry and LeBron. And so yeah. I don't know who. Gotcha. I don't have anybody in that game I I want to root for because I like them both equally. Yeah. Well, casual sports fans out there, take it from me. This uh, this is a like a can't miss series. Watch it while you can. These what are two of the greatest. This, now? What this will be game five. These are two of the greatest are basketball they tied players. Up still? No, it's three to one. The, the Lakers won a credible, great game on Monday. These are LeBron James and Steph Curry are two of the greatest basketball players of all time. They're yeah. getting up there in age. Uh, this could be their last great showdown or one of their last. Maybe they got one more for next year. We'll see. The, the Warriors are kind of on the edge here. Uh, so it's just worthwhile. Even if you're just a casual fan of basketball, or you're more of a football fan, I understand. But yeah, uh, Actually, I'm just a fair weather fan. Fair way. So I am solid. <laughs> you do not have to watch. I just want to make this clear. You feel free to do whatever you want to do. You do not have to watch that Donald Trump scamola that's going on at cnn though i know you you're kind of like it's like a traffic accident you can't not watch i know you <laughs> you're well, gonna be sneaking over it's, there it's only an hour and uh it'll be interesting to see if trump can't comes up with any new phrases yeah you know for, for years i covered operation push for the tribune every yeah. saturday and so i knew jesse's speeches well enough where I could have given him myself. Yeah, I knew yeah. all the words, except he would change a line or two each week. <laughs> and so I was there to hear which line that he had changed. Yeah. And eventually the speech would evolve because he kept changing lines over a period of time. So it made it interesting enough. Yeah, but, well. But when, well you're, when you're talking all the time, it's, it's hard not to repeat yourself. Yeah, uh, but... Uh... 
Donald Trump is no Jesse Lewis Jackson. That no. is for sure. Uh, no, no. And uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Monroe. I'm going to let you go. Uh, good job as always. Uh, and also want to thank producer Chris. Outstanding job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. As always, don't forget, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more great content that you might have missed, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow the Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram, at Benny J Show, and on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader